Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. You will be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and once again, I'm joined this week by... Hello. Stephen and Morning. Alex, our resident TV critics who watch all the duds so you don't have to. Uh, if you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. This week, Alex tells us about The Diplomat, which is on Netflix. And finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. And this week, Stephen tells us about Freaks and Geeks, available on Amazon Prime and ITVX. But first, we like to talk about what everybody has been watching recently. And just before we do that... I hope everybody can see our new, very cool system that we're using for recording the podcast. And we're just going to be playing around with that a bit. So apologies if anything looks a bit funny this week. Um, And for listeners, yeah, hopefully we sound good. But um, watch this space. Uh, Okay, I'm going to go to spotlight view now, people. Look at that. Okay, so uh, we're talking about what we've been watching. So, Stephen, do you want to go first this week? Yeah, absolutely. So I've um, it's mostly been sort of films over TV for me uh, this okay. week. It's the 30th anniversary of the Three Colors trilogy, which is this uh, European sort of French film trilogy that's sort of connected by themes rather than... It's very French, so it's connected by like themes rather than like okay. plot. And the first one is about a woman who um, loses her child and husband in a... Um, car accident and is sort of dealing with the grief. So that's three colours blue. Okay. Um, and then there's three colours white, which is about um, a, a man who's sort of betrayed by his wife and then sets out on like an elaborate quest to get oh. revenge. Um, and that was probably my favourite of the three. And then there's um, three colours red, which is about a woman who meets um a judge like a court judge who happens to spend his life tapping people's like his neighbor's phone calls a judge um, oh wow yeah um which is a bit of a sort of conflict um and they were they were really interesting interesting films i've never seen them before but with all i saw them sort of being talked about quite a bit because of the sort of 30th anniversary they came out in well obviously 93 and then 94 oh. um and yeah, they were very good. And I think it's got Julie Delpies, who from the Before Sunrise trilogy, it's her like debut film role, I believe, or at least she's got a main role in the second film. And she's mm-hmm. fantastic in it. Um, so I watched where those. You, where, they where were really did good. You watch I them? Well, so they were on at my local independent oh. cinema, but I appreciate most people have access mm-hmm. to that local cinema. They're also on um, Prime Video with a. Kersen free trial, seven day free okay. trial. So I watched the first one at the cinema and then the second two on the Kersen free oh, trial. That was handy. But then something a bit more. Um, sorry. That was handy. I said that you were able to get the other two. Yes. And then something a bit more timely that I watched is a film called Misanthrope. Although it's got two titles. So it's also called To Catch a Killer. I think one's an American title and one's a UK mm-hmm. title, which. Um, is on Sky. I'm not sure that it's out yet. I think it comes out in a couple of days. This was a fantastic, um, like, crime thriller. Mm. Um, And it basically starts with a series of shootings, like um, some guy with a sniper rifle hidden out in some building that just seemingly randomly kills about 30 people in the space of about 10 seconds. 
New Year's Eve. And then you have this um, sort of lowly police officer who's clearly got her own like issues that she's mm-hmm. dealing with and a big-time detective who sees something in her and he's like, you'll be really good for this case. You can think outside the box. I have faith in you. And he sort of takes her under his wing and then the pair of them sort of team up to track down this mysterious killer who's Picking you know, people wreaking havoc across across the US. And, yeah, it, it worked really well. I thought it was a really tight, it's, really intense thriller. The, pl- the plot reminds me of something. What am I thinking of, Alex? Not both. It no. reminded me when I was watching it of um, the Unabomber series that's okay. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But because it was a... It was like a, it's a two-hour-long movie, mm. um, which made it a lot tighter than a sort of eight-part, 45-minute series. Um, All right, okay, cool. That sounds like you had some very positive viewing. What was that one called, sorry, the second one you talked about there? Well, I believe it's called Misanthrope, but mm-hmm. it could also be called To Capture Killer. I don't know what the which the UK title is. All right, okay, okay. Um, all right, interesting, very good, very positive. What about you, Alex? What was on your screens this week? Uh, so I've been catching up with and continuing a few different things um mm. ted lasso going downhill again oh, no. um yellow jackets still mm. still strong which is good um good. i finished that wolf pack thing with sarah michelle geller that we were talking about ages and ages back mm. um it was okay mm. i think most of why i was watching it was because I wanted to see if this one particular plot detail panned out in the way I sort of assumed it would. Oh, they'd hooked you in, yeah. Yeah, and it did. But now I have that answer. I can't say I'm massively fussed about, like, you know, where, whenever it does eventually return for more episodes. I, I don't know that I'll seek it out. Uh, but the main thing I started this week was Barry, uh, the fourth series of Barry, which is back, returned this weekend. Yeah, uh, which I really, really enjoy. Um, Tell do us you, a little bit about that. I don't, I don't think we've talked about it on the yeah. podcast before. So Barry is, it is a show about uh, sort of a hitman and assassin type. Uh, one day when he's on one of his sort of his missions, his assignments, whatever, uh, he signs up for an amateur acting class, and he decides, okay, I'm gonna sort of reform myself. I'm gonna start a new life, and I'm gonna do that through sort of bad community theatre um <laughs> and it is it, it goes in in different directions from there it's, it's sort of evolved beyond that point now into the into the fourth series uh, the final series as well um but it is it is very very good um and i really enjoy it and i would recommend it uh quite a lot reminds me of that scene where villanelle like joins the local choir or church or something doesn't she in killing eve yeah <laughs> serial killers or contract killers getting involved with the local community it's quite funny yeah sorry yeah. go ahead so that's well, good no, Barry. No, yeah it is mm-hmm. um i think that, that there's crossover there like if you enjoy mm-hmm. one you'll probably enjoy the other mm-hmm. uh barry i think is much better than killing eve but oh. yeah yeah like by by some margin so where's um, that on at the moment? Where can people watch on, that? That uh, is HBO in the US, Sky okay. Now TV, and perhaps other things uh, if you're in the UK. Yeah, I've seen I've seen uh, it crop up here and there, and I'm always intrigued, but I've never actually watched any of it. So that might be a good one. Are they half hour episodes? Yeah, half or? hour. Very sort of like set specific half hours. There's none of that kind of. Mm-hmm. We're a half hour sitcom, but we're going to do hour long episodes that Ted Lasso is doing at the minute. 
Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I think it, it goes well with Succession. Like, it complements it nicely. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Good. What else? Oh, that, that's pretty much it. Or, or that's that's it that I can talk about. There's, oh, yeah. There's a few more things for the next few weeks, but oh, interesting, yeah. cool, okay, okay, good, good, good. Uh, yeah, I my I did actually quite a lot of viewing this week again, um, because I am um basically living like a hermit at the moment, um, and I watched the Lewis Capaldi documentary on Netflix, which is called How I'm Feeling Now, and you've probably seen a lot about this in the press and stuff, and it is. It is an interesting insight into his life, but I didn't particularly like how the documentary was made. You know, there was an awful lot of just montages of him on stage or like looking sad or whatever. And it was very formulaic in like kind of happy, sad, sadder, sadder. Oh, and everything's fine now. You know, that was the sort of trajectory of the thing, which I thought was just very standard and not very, I thought it was a bit fairy tale-ish, you know what I mean? Um... And, and the bit at the end where they talk about how he's doing now, it, it's sort of crammed in at the end, you know, to kind of make it, to wrap it up nicely. So I found, I didn't think it was a great documentary. I just thought it was kind of uh, interesting to see that, as you can tell from the trailers, etc., that uh, being super famous isn't all it's cracked up to be. Um, and it's quite funny because his parents live like down the road from me where we live. And, you know, if he's like recording his second album in their garden shed kind of thing. And it was just a, it was, it was interesting to see that this is how some super people, super famous people do their thing. Now, COVID was a factor, but yeah. So that was that. But I, yeah, it's still worth, I mean, it's only like an hour and a half. So it's still worth to watch if you're at a loose end and you like a music documentary, you know, it's interesting. It's, it, there's it's some interesting stuff about how his songwriting process on the second album. So working with all these hotshots in LA and stuff. And you're like, is that how they write songs now? You know, um, so that was that. And then I did watch The Hunt for Raoul Moat, Stephen, which was one of your uh, weekend watches. And I actually thought it was quite good because I'd forgotten a lot of that's, that n- news story about this guy who essentially came out of prison and went and shot his ex-girlfriend's current partner. And her, actually. She lived. Um, and then he went on to shoot a police officer and blinded him who went on to take his own life. And there was other crimes along the way as well. And basically he was kind of on the run for about a week and it was this story. Now, I know Paul Gascoigne was kind of supposed to feature in this, but like blink and you'd miss it sort of thing. So, yeah. But what was interesting about it was a bit like... The other thing I finished watching this week, which was the Waco and American Apocalypse, is sort of the ineptitude and mistakes that the police made in both situations were very interesting. With the Royal Moat one, they just sort of underestimated him. You know, they just thought it was an incident and that's it. Where they didn't sort of get that he was as volatile as he was and sort of they probably let it go on too long or whatever. They didn't act fast enough in many in many ways. And, you know, there was quite a catastrophic outcome as a result you know so I'd recommend that it's worth watching and it's good to see that sort of you can see the cops themselves know that they're not up to scratch and things in it you know it's a bit there's a bit more sort of um, self-awareness in it than most cop um, dramas and then yeah Wake on American Apocalypse again I'd forgotten a lot of that 80 or 90 people died during that standoff and they had footage from inside the compound and they had interviews with people who had been in the compound and who were some of the last people to come out before it all went completely wrong 
and amazing to see how those people have, how it's affected them and how some of them are very much still suffering and not in any way reneging on their sort of commitment to the David's church, to the, the Davidian church. You know, they're still committed members and they're still, they you know, they think it was all a crime that they were attacked and, you know, which is amazing. So that's a good insight as well. It's a bit intense, that one. It's three parts and it's quite like an intense watch, but um, interesting. So there you go. That was my last. And I did finish Rise and Fall, which I'll never watch again, even though it hooked me in. Hey, you up to date on Succession? Yes. Really enjoyed that yeah, most recent yeah. episode. It's like, it's it's really picked up now again. Really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. Did what about you? you? Think, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was great. Mm. Uh, they are really benefiting from what they did the other week. But yeah. did you think that his name was underlined or crossed out? I think it was underlined. Oh. I think, I think... I think Logan always knew that Kendall was probably the right person, you know, but um, I don't really care, though, because it's going to be great crack the next few weeks to see what happens. Like, it's just going to be. um, And there were some total laugh out loud moments like Greg going around. But Greg, just his his interventions were hilarious, hilarious. So, um, no, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. And we need to talk about this like candidly. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. stressful. I, I oh. thought it was really like unambiguously crossed out. And really? it, yeah. Which was maybe just because I was so like, like so in the moment, so yeah. with with Kendall in that moment. And he I guess seemed to think it was crossed out. So I was like, yeah, it's crossed out. And then I was almost surprised, I guess, to see that people were kind of like, oh actually it could be it could be this and what about Greg's name being on the document like that is weird yeah, well, it's just who is he question mark what's going on there <laughs> but I, I love it I love the interpretation and the way everything's opened interpretation it's all uh, wild but um, it was funny this morning you know this news about Fox News paying off yeah. the voting machine people I was like this is so waster <laughs> If reality, if succession was reality, you know, anyway, I guess that's what it's actually based on, really, isn't it? Um, Okay, cool, cool, cool. That is all good. Yeah, loving, loving, loving succession. So that's what we've been watching. Well, first up this week on our deep dive, Alex, you are going to tell us more about The Diplomat, which I know nothing about. Tell us. Uh, So The Diplomat is a new Netflix political thriller. It is out uh, Thursday the 20th, so today, as you're listening to this, because I know you'll listen to this first thing. Uh, It stars Kerry Russell as this sort of career diplomat, career ambassador type civil servant. Um, She is very used to sort of behind the scenes kind of serious work. Um, And she is expecting a new posting uh, to Afghanistan, where she's, again, expecting to do sort of serious work. Uh, but then uh, there is an attack on a British sort of ship near the coast of Iran. Um, and the sort of US president says, actually, hang on, we're going to assign you to be the, the diplomat in London, mm. uh, which she is not thrilled about because that means a sort of level of kind of pomp and circumstance and yeah. ceremonial nonsense that she 
has no Cups experience with, chess, yeah. yeah, no time yeah. with. She's just not interested in. She's like, look, she wants to be where the action is. Yeah, like you know, I'm I'm an expert on all of this stuff. I want to be doing mm. this over there. Um, but little does she know. Yeah. At the same time, <laughs> there is there's another sort of layer to it where they are, unbeknownst to her, in sending her to London, auditioning her for another job, sort of another higher mm. position potentially, uh, depending on how it goes in London. But she. At least initially, is not aware of that. Mm. Uh, it is from Deborah Khan. Uh, she's the sort of showrunner on it. And she wrote uh, about 15 episodes of The West Wing uh, back mm. in the day um, from sort of series four onwards, quite a few just spread throughout. Uh, and Simon Selen Jones directed it from Our Friends in the North. So there's a bit of a, you know, some stuff we've spoken about before. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I got very into it. Uh, I've seen the first five of eight episodes. And, yeah, it's good. It's it's very well done. I think it's very good at sort of, you know, like tense conversations in, in corridors of yeah. power kind of thing. It's an American production, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. um It's got a lot of UK actors um, and it's all sort of set in London. Mm. It looked like because uh, she's in this sort of diplomat's home and it looked like it might be the same place they use for Buckingham Palace for the crown, oh, yeah. um, if, well, if I recognised it right. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's very good. It's very good at that kind of... They spend a lot of time debating sort of the implications of different things they could do or say. So, like, should we say we're pooling resources with this country or should we say we're having a frank and targeted exchange of views with this country? Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. It's yeah, I enjoyed it more than. I'm, I'm trying to think of any sort of other Netflix things I've really been into this year, and I think this has been my favourite so far. Um, okay, it's good. Yeah, I think. So, how many parts did you say it was? So there's eight altogether. They are about fifty, fifty-five minutes each. Okay. Um, it's quite good at actual sort of like television structure, you know, cliffhangers, mm. that kind of thing. It's not. Mm. sort of Netflix sludge that you usually get. Yeah, um, yeah. I did sometimes think I could have done with it being like 10% faster. Um, okay. Not so much in terms of like plot or anything, but like literally sort of the speed at which they're talking, that kind of thing. Um, mm. But maybe that's because I'm kind of thinking sorkin at the back of my head, like this should be a bit more staccato da, 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 mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Would would recommend. Um, cool. Sometimes the nature of the other job that they're auditioning her for struck me as a bit unrealistic, um, and I thought maybe they should get into that a little bit more, like lean into mm. the fact it's unrealistic, kind of explain that away. Um, but they didn't. But it wasn't a huge issue. But yeah, it's good. Um, Rory Kinnear's in it, playing sort of someone obviously inspired by Boris Johnson, uh, which he does a good job of. Okay, cool. Sounds interesting. Yeah, a little different. Um, And is it sort of set up for a series two, do you reckon? Um, I don't know, but I would imagine so, yeah. Okay, cool. The Diplomat, available on Netflix now in its entirety. not to be confused with the other The Diplomat. Uh, This is the second show called The Diplomat to come out this year. Uh, oh, okay. One of them was on. Did we talk about the other one? We might have yeah. done just briefly. <laughs> I feel like it was slightly yeah, familiar. It was, when I... um, it was on in February. It had Sophie Rundle in it from the producers of Line of Duty, 
Uh, so if you're watching this diplomat and thinking, oh, this is a little bit too political for me, there's more of a crime drama thriller version uh, on Alibi. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Okay, cool. Thank you for that, Alex. Right. We're moving along now. Stephen is going to take us back to the future with Freaks and Geeks, your favourite Back to the Future yet this year, I'd say nearly. Is it, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Obviously, last week was a bit uh, lukewarm with Designated yeah. Survivor, um, mm-hmm. which sort of tailed off. Freaks and Geeks, I'd seen a long while ago, and I thought I'd revisit it for Back to the Future because it's it's definitely like it's definitely my favourite college set series. Like mm-hmm. it, nothing comes close for that very specific genre. It's also like just great as a whole. Like in terms of as single series TV shows, TV shows go, you won't get much better. Um, basically, it's set in a Michigan high school in 1980. Uh, but the series was came out in 1999 and it stars like so many now big names. So you have uh, Linda Cadenelli, who is this high schooler, Lindsay, who's a bit of, um, she's sort of caught between, well, the freaks and geeks. The freaks are like these burnouts. Um, uh, they, they smoke pot. They're always like high in, and they're cutting class and um, they sort of drive around town in their like beat up cars and don't really have like any anything that they they want to do. They're a bit aimless. And then there's like the geeks um, who are like the mathletes and the Star Wars fans and the Trekkies. And she's kind of like um, a big mathlete and very clever, but she also wants to be with these cool kids as well. And she's sort of caught between the two throughout the show, which is quite interesting. And then her younger brother Sam, played by John Francis Daly. Um, is definitely a geek, um, but you know, and he's sort of trying to come to terms with that rather than trying mm-hmm. to be something that he's not, doesn't always succeed. But then, yeah, you've got other very big cast names. So Jason Siegel plays Nick, one of the freaks, and he's obviously known for Marshall in How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. You've James Franco, who obviously was a big name, and then since 2019, following the allegations of sexual harassment made against him, he's sort of gone off the map. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth Rogen, this was Seth Rogen's acting debut, and obviously now he's a huge name in, in comedy series and films. And then you have people like Sam Levine and Buzzy Phillips, um, Martin Starr, yeah, great, fantastic cast, and they were all child or young actors at the time yeah. and they all knocked out of the park with their performances I think interestingly and the girl who plays Lindsay Linda Candanelli and the guy Nick who plays Nick um, Jason Siegel they have a sort of romance in the series but the two cast actually dated six years off the back of the show and then Jason Siegel wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall after breaking up with Linda Cardinelli and get over inspired by her, which I think is you know, quite cool. Um, yep. Cultural references within cultural references. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also written by Judapatow and Paul Fiege. But the, the weird thing about it was that it, it got cancelled 12. So there's 18 episodes in the series. After mm. the first 12 episodes aired, the show gets cancelled. Presumably it wasn't doing so well at the time, or they just the producers just didn't have much heart in it. And 
it's become like it's it's popular here, but in America it's like a huge cult show. Obviously, yeah. all of the casting are now big names. The writers mm. are big names, and it's like considered to be one of the best shows to to get canned. Like when mm. you compare it to a lot of modern comedies, it's just got so much more going for it. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's quite it's quite episodic, but it also does fall like a sort of overall. Mm -hmm. I do feel like it was quite big at the time here as well. Um, well, I won you wouldn't when it know. <laughs> and I think everybody's kind of familiar with it. So I wonder, maybe they'll do a revival at some point, you know, like as in. Yeah, you, know, you do. You do worry a bit that mm -hmm. that would tarnish it a little bit. I think it is for those things a bit like, you know, Firefly, which also might feature as a Back to the Future at some point where it went out on a high before it could sort of trundle on too too far and become a bit That's of a cliche. It. Yeah, and we kind of, you know, put these series on a pedestal, don't we? Because they didn't, you know, they they didn't fade away. You know, they, as you say, it's better to whatever, burn out than fade away. <laughs> um, in some cases, it's probably intentional and others, they just get Ken. So that's that. But it doesn't really present huge challenges to the writers if they don't have to do another successful series, you know. The good thing is it is 18 episodes, whereas, you know, most British shows are six episodes long, so they get cancelled after one series. You know, this is yeah. the equivalent to sort of three series of British TV. It's longer than the UK office or, you know, yeah. it's probably about the faulty Towers. You get that a bit more in British com or sorry American comedies, don't you? That that sort of like long running series, they don't just do them in little six and eights. I suppose it's probably cheaper if they've got the investment to do big batch of recording together. Very American to do everything sort of bigger, just for the yeah, sake of true. it. Than British true. And there's probably a lot of, yeah, exactly. The money just isn't here in terms of like, you know, we can afford to make six episodes. So that's what we're going to do. We'll see how it goes and then we'll make more if it if it works sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas the Americans are throwing the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. OK, cool. So, yeah, we're much more positive about our um, features this week. So that's The Diplomat and Freaks and Geeks, as well as a few bits and bobs there in what we've been watching. Any other business this week? Anybody want else to share anything that's coming up that's exciting or that you're planning on watching over the next week? I'm going to watch um, Waco off your um, recommendation. I've been meaning to watch that for a while and possibly the Rambo. Yeah, you'll probably fly through Waco, to be honest with you. Yeah. What about you, Alex? Sorry. Oh, I've been... Meaning to catch up on Riverdale for a while now. You know, oh. Yeah, I'm I'm behind. Uh, yep. But it's the final series now, so that's exciting. Mm. I can oh, hear the enthusiasm. Yeah, I've never watched it. Um, can you tell? Final series? I didn't realise that. Oh, yeah. are you? Does that make you sad? Oh, I'm going to be bereft. Oh no! <laughs> what will you possibly watch after this? Um, Who knows. Yeah, I am. What am I doing? I won't be watching much TV this week. I am off to London to do the London Marathon. So you can watch me on TV oh, wow. on Sunday. Okay. If I make it to the start line. <laughs> so there you go. Sunday morning, BBC One, uh, live and unleashed. Yep. <laughs> I'll tell you all about that next week. Um, Alex, you're not with us next week, but uh, so enjoy your little break. Yeah. Am I right? Uh, I'm right. Yeah, I might, I might have something for everyone, but... Oh, great. But you yeah, may not be here after. in person, but you'll be yeah. here in spirit, etc. Yeah. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Thanks both for this week and thanks to you for listening to us. Do look out for Friday morning screen babble. 
Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get in our lives, drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as National World. You can also sign up for our wonderful weekly TV newsletter, which makes me lol every week, Alex. It just oh, brightens up my inbox, I have to say. Uh, it's like a little ray of sunshine. So you can go to nationalworld.com forward slash newsletters. There's loads of other newsletters there too to sign up for, but the TV one is the best. Don't tell anyone I said that. Uh, we'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. And we'll be back next week with more Screen Babble. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.